Hey queens, are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the lurker mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon discord, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS Podcast Queens live, as well as submit stories for our Rose Disco Queen and Gnosis discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And today we have a very special guest. Her name is Melissa Hobley. She's the Global Chief Marketing Officer of OkCupid. And we're going to get into some discussion about dating apps, a, a pretty controversial issue on FDS because our audience is very, very split on the value of dating apps, both because some women have experienced like real trauma from people they've met on dating apps or just like dating app fatigue or exhaustion. And even our own audience, even though we've actually promoted dating apps on our podcast, even our own audience is a bit hostile when we do it. (laughs) So (laughs) we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to talk to someone who is intimately familiar with one of the most popular dating apps to get some more insight about how to use it, tips and tricks, what's going on behind the scenes, as well as answer some of the pressing questions we got from our Patreon subscribers about user safety, etc. So Melissa Hobley, welcome. Thanks for having me. I am equal parts excited and nervous. I'm a fan of you all and I'm aware of the hostility, the dating app, hate. Uh, there's a little love, there's a little hate, but yeah, I'm excited. Let's get into whatever you want to talk about. I honestly want to say actually that I'm glad that you, you you know, you're a fan of us because I actually quite like I've said in the past that I generally don't use dating apps as much anymore, but I did actually use OkCupid previously and met two like long-term boyfriends that I ended up dating over a year, both on OkCupid. And, you know, one of them was I would consider high value. The other one I'd consider like more average, but you know, if this was like a Tinder representative here, it'd be a very different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love hearing that. Thank you for giving us a try. I'm glad you made some good connections. We can talk about how to find new ones or not. I also found a relationship on OkCupid. And I think one of the things we wanted to talk about is why there were specific features or the specific features of OkCupid that we think actually helped us vet men that's not necessarily present on the other apps. And then just kind of get an idea of like, you know, the thought process behind them. And I think one of the things that we discussed prior to recording was you talking about the fact that you guys have really been one of the few apps to promote a values-based dating system, like being able to post whether you're pro-choice or not and post your political opinions as part of your profile. I appreciate you noticing calling that out. I think OkCupid is a really interesting story too in that, you know, here's, I find this interesting, you know, essentially there were dating sites, you know, and some of those are 20 years old. OkCupid's one of the OG players in this space. When Tinder came on the scene, it basically exploded the dating app world all the brands grew, uh, the stigma went away because you got on Tinder as a younger person. OkCupid okay, is a little interesting because they never had a marketing team. 
you know, marketing teams are basically like, Hey, let's help us. Like, what is the story? Like, what do we stand for? What do we mean? Why would we do an ad that's like meet hot singles now? Like we would never, by the way, we never do that. We don't do that. And so when I came to this company, but there was like some really special stuff here. And one of those special things that you touched on was there was only one dating app in the world that was trying to bring more substance to the experience that was asking you, do you want to filter on your views on gun control? Do you want to filter on reproductive rights? Do you want to filter on Trump? And nobody else was doing that. And I thought, well, that's fucking cool. I think that's interesting. There's something there. And yeah, what, you know, what you just called out. And here's what we believe is happening. We hope it's happening. We know it's happening more than it was a few years ago when I joined this brand is it does attract people that not everyone for sure, but it does tend to do a better job attracting people that want to bring, like bring your issues is kind of like this internal thing that we say, pun intended of, I want to feel like I'm not weird for saying on my profile, swipe left if you voted for Trump, which is what we saw thousands and thousands of people post after both elections, actually, or I want to have you have a filter on religion, if you're really religious, if you're not, if you want kids, if you're not, there are all these filters and we need to power the algorithm. Why is there not a function that says I stand for reproductive rights? Do not show me people that don't. And, and they let me do that. And they let us really lean in on that topic. And we've been doing that for over five years. And again, like, I totally get it. Dating is hard. Dating apps are hard. OkCupid's not perfect. I think we do a better job than most other people out there. But we're also, we're also never done. So I'm excited to also hear like, here's the stuff that you guys like about it. Here's what you think is awful. Here's what, you know, why do you have this thing? And hopefully I know all the answers. Um, if I don't, I'll absolutely make it up. And see if you guys can believe it or not. Maybe that's what I'll do. (laughs) Well, to be fair, the vast majority of the questions that we got were tend to be things that are limitations on all of the apps, which are background checks and just like overall user safety. So what some of them are asking are like, what safety messages are in place for us to be able to report men who harass us either on the app or we go on a date and they harass us off the app? And is that something that OkCupid is aware of? Yeah, that's a great question. User safety is important. I think the category, I think all the apps are trying to do a better job of it. So that's a great question. So we do a couple of things. One is we have humans. I mean, this doesn't sound really weird, but you know, when you like, you have a problem with a product now with almost anything and you can't ever actually get to a human. And it's so frustrating, whether you're calling or emailing, they're like, check our FAQ. And you're like, I did. And then I check our FAQ. And you're like, I did. I just, can I please just connect with a real person? And tech has gone the way of getting rid of real people to respond to complaints or issues or concerns or flags and move to like, try to automate all of that. And some of that you can do, but like, for example, one of the things that you can build software around is looking for messages, looking content on profiles, messages to other other daters that is inappropriate, hostile, harassing in nature, inappropriate photos. So that stuff we can automate and we've gotten much, much better at that. The question is a good one. If you tell us I had a bad experience or or I was assaulted or anything like that, a human is going to review that. Thanks for letting us, you know, thanks for telling us, let us look at it and get back to you. So you at least know, okay, this did go somewhere. Someone heard me. It's not just like into the void. We then look at the case and there's a whole team, there's a customer service team and there's also a trust and safety group. We look at that. Again, I'm not in this department. It's not my world, but what we tend to believe and support and say, okay. And then we take a number of actions. We may kick them off of our site. We may blacklist them permanently. 
there's a number of things that we can do. If you're on the app and you know, we've also tried to make it a lot easier. So if you're on the app and you see a profile or someone sends you a message, you can report. And when you click report, there's like, you know, thanks for sharing that with us, what happened. And, you know, again, we try to make it easy so you can tell us what's going on. And then again, humans review that and we take it, you know, we take it really seriously. Again, I think we're better than where we were, but you know, there's a meeting every other day on this issue and how apps can keep doing a better job of it. I can obviously speak to OkCupid, but how can, you know, how can we do a better job of it? I say, what I have noticed even in the past year or so is that there are expanded reporting options on all of the apps that didn't used to be there. And so is that like an overall industry push? Do you know, like when OkCupid started to really take it seriously? It is an overall industry push. You know, I think it's like one or two on here's what we have to keep doing better, improving, investing in. So it's good that you notice that. Again, I'm, I've been in this world for a minute. It's so much better than where it was. And then, you know, OkCupid is global. So depending on where we are in the world, we will dial, we may even dial that up further so that people feel supported and they have access to resources and all the things. I'll tell you what's interesting, and this was surprising to me, what happens more often than not, and I think you guys are driving conversations around this to chip away at that, is we feel shame, we feel embarrassed, people feel, oh God, this happened to me because, and it's some, you know, ridiculous reason and, you know, holds themselves to blame and they don't tell us because of those reasons. And so, you know, if, if you get nothing else out of this conversation, if anything happens, please do tell the apps because if you don't, if we're not told, we can't do anything about it. And fucking love kicking people off when they <laughs> behave badly. Get out of here and you are not welcome ever again. Can I just say it actually feels so good kicking off people who are being assholes? Like I felt the same way when that subreddit was open and someone was just going off in the comments or being an asshole. And it's like, boop, banned. I don't have to listen to you anymore. Bye. <laughs> so it feels so good, right? So I think that's an important point. So acknowledging that I guess the industry is trying to even though a lot of women are maybe disgruntled about it, especially if they're going on prior experience. The industry is trying to expand its reporting options. Now, if you report something, especially something like an assault or even a harassment or something that would be against the terms of service or just being a decent human being, you can report it to OkCupid. They have someone manually review it. And then like, is it generally like a one strike you're out thing? Is it like, you know, how do you prevent someone from just creating another profile and then starting all over again? Is, is it easy? No, that's a great question. So <laughs> this is not like, I mean, that's a separate conversation, like the, the American justice system, but this is not a like, oh, you get three strikes and then you're out. No, get the fuck out. You're one and done. <laughs> when OkCupid started, like, again, like we're the OG in this category. We're like the underdog now. We used to be like the me, but we're the underdog. And when you move to an app and you know how most of the apps you put on your phone, they require a phone number. That's great for a number of reasons. And one of the big reasons is in formerly when app, when dating apps were sites and not apps, it was really easy for people to manipulate the system because if all you have to do is give an app your email address, it's so easy to just create a new and create a new and create a new. And there are measures in place where I can ban IP. And if you ask me to go a step beyond that on a technical level, I will have to refer you to someone, but we can ban IP. 
So that helps us say, you know, we're going to prevent you from bad behavior just under a new identity, blah, 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 blah. But having cell, requiring people to give a cell phone number also really helps because it's easy to create a new account or new profile if you've been kicked off or you've been, you know, locked or whatever. Most people don't have a num- endless cell phone numbers to do that. So that's been really helpful in OkCupid basically taking me as safety and proactive steps, you know, another step further, you know, for making it harder for you once you've been kicked off to come back. That's good. That means we're doing the right thing. And sometimes people will say to us, listen, men and women, I was kicked, you know, they'll email us because you know, we blocked them and essentially disabled their account. And they'll say, I really don't know what happened. I don't think I did anything wrong. I think this person was mad at me. It is complicated because I rejected that. And men and women will come to us. And then again, that's why you need humans to go in and win the conversation. This is also like another little tip is when the conversations are on the app, obviously we can see that. So Mm-hmm. you know, we can go to the tapes, we can go to the chat, we can go to the profile, we can look at that. When it goes off the app, it's harder for us to know that. But we do take it really seriously. And again, it's like a really big focus always. I don't think we'll ever stop being a focus. So I'm glad to know that the uh, phone number thing isn't just like an annoying data phishing feature. Because like, I remember when they started requiring phone numbers, and I was just like annoyed, like, oh, so much more data that like, these apps want me to give them. But that actually makes sense as a filtering mechanism. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, because it is actually harder for people to keep recycling their phone numbers as well as like obviously if you have your phone they can search your IP address unless you like you have to go out of your way with like a VPN and then keep changing your number to uh, try to bypass the features the block features that okay keep it would happen that makes sense yeah you're then getting into like professional scammer territory <laughs> with like <laughs> VPNs and like you know all your phone numbers and all of that that's like next level and there's teams that you know try to shut all that down often you know as well but but yeah the phone number is an annoying thing it's like enter the text we just sent to you. Well, we do that not to be annoying. I mean, it is annoying, but the goal is because we're verifying that you are who you say you are. So just off the back of that, Melissa, we, you know, and also talking about, you know, back contracts and keeping uh, women safe, a lot of or an issue that comes up for a lot of women, both inside and outside FDS, is the fact that, and this is across all dating apps, not just OkCupid in particular, is that, you know, people can say, you know, they're looking for a serious relationship and a casual relationship at the same time. Or, for example, they think that they are matching with somebody who's single, but then actually they've matched with a couple and they're being, you know, unicorn hunted. Um, like when I was in the BDSM community, this was a massive, massive problem. And I just wanted to ask, you know, two questions. How can, you know, firstly, is there a way to report people who are sort of bypassing the system, so to speak? engineering their answers in order to attempt to attract a wider population who perhaps wouldn't be interested in them? And secondly, is there almost a way to, you know, to filter out the people who almost want opposing relationships, if that makes sense, or they want something serious and something casual at the same time? How can women filter that out? So this is basically the question of like men who lie about their age in the dating apps, right? As well as lie about their intentions, which is like the biggest problem that women identify is like some guy is actually 40, but he sets his profile to 29 because he wants to try to get with women who are in their 20s or they lie about wanting a a long-term relationship when they're really just there for hookups because they know a lot of women wouldn't swipe. 
Yes, totally. And with the unicorn hunting as well, it tended, you know, sometimes they would actually use the woman to almost be like the honey trap because they felt that, you know, firstly, the woman was more physically attractive, generally. <laughs> but secondly, is that a woman would, you know, she's a lot more likely, you know, to let her guard down if she thinks she's conversing with another single woman. And we've had especially um, like lesbian women saying, you know, I thought I was talking to the single woman and then she just brought her husband along to the date. Like, with her and saying we're a couple yes I by the way these are some of the most interesting questions that I've gotten people are usually like oh what's the best day of the week to be online I'm like uh Sundays (laughs) this is so interesting that's coming Melissa that's coming It's kind of great. Uh, great. Like, what's the best profile picture to have? Well, the data says. So that's a great question. First, what I'll say is not all dating apps are created equally. And I think that you should look at what is not just what are all of your friends on, but what is the app that is right for the experience that you're looking for. So Hinge is a great app. They're designed to be deleted. They are, you know, you should only be on Hinge, technically, if you are for a serious relationship. I think that what happened, what we say at OkCupid is we're high intent. We are not designed to be deleted. We have lots of people that are looking for short term. The majority of our users are looking for something serious. What I think is really good about OkCupid is it takes a few minutes to set up your profile. And if you are just looking for the the gamification, the hot or not swiping, which I hear about all the time. And that's a real thing that people are just on the app. And we've seen those videos on TikToks where the guys are just right, swipe, right, 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 just as fast as humanly possible because the dating apps, what we call it in the biz is double opt-in, meaning you have to swipe right and the other person has to swipe right or we won't let you talk to each other. And by the way, there's like the reason for that. But why OkCupid is tends to weed out some people that are just there for the pen pal or the hookup is because they won't bother. They will not bother with the time and the energy that it takes to answer questions, answer post profile pictures. So I think that's an important thing. And it does help us tend to find people that are a little more mindful. They're slowing down a little bit. They're happy that it's going to not happen happy because <laughs> filling out also filling out your profile on a dating app is really really hard it's like harder than your resume or updating your linkedin for a job or whatever it be. i think and i've heard about what you're talking about here's what we try to do we have this analogy that we use internally okay cupid which is like big big tent, small tables. And then if you show up at the party, I want to get you what you're looking for. You're looking for serious. I should only show you to serious people, which is why we ask that question. You know, it is hard for us to, you know, make sure, are you being totally honest about that? That is hard to do. What I tell people is you can often get to that by spending a little more time on the profile, right? So to use a like kind of overly simplified example, if you're looking for something serious and there's a guy whose profile, you're like, okay, this captured my attention. And there's, you know, let's say for example, there's very little on the profile. OkCupid does not want to be Tinder. We do not want you to have three words on your profile. Even if you're looking for a great Saturday night, you're interested or you're turned on because, oh, he, you know, this guy's kind of interesting. He's talking about racial and social equity on his profile. Like, okay, that's interesting. You know, whatever it is, you know, I think, you know, look for if the guy has like, oh, he's like, I'm looking for something really serious and I can't wait to have kids. And there's nothing on his profile and his photos are like Vegas pool selfies. Like maybe he's not being really upfront about that because it is hard to do that. What I also say with what is helpful if you're looking for something serious on OkCupid is you power the algorithm and we're unique in this way and that a lot of dating apps, it's location, they'll ask you a few things, but we have over 3000 questions. 
you have to answer 15. The rest are optional. If you want to go down a rabbits on issues on social equity, on politics, on reproductive rights, you can and we'll let you do that. But that's another indicator of how serious someone may be about this, right? Like if they've answered lots of questions and they've taken that time. And again, does that 100% mean they're looking for something serious? No, but it's an indicator. I have to say those questions have been 100% clutch because a lot of times you can see what we would consider red flags like right out in the open. Yes. <laughs> right. Especially you can see the deal breakers. And I have to say the questions as well as the ability to filter by specific traits and values that you want in a partner have been really, really useful. And I think actually sets okay, keep it apart from a lot of the other dating apps as far as its efficacy for women specifically, because a lot of the things it basically eliminates the need to go back and forth in your inbox to ask them very basic questions about values that you can see on their profile. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. And I think that's so true. And I think it's wild that no other dating app will let you match on social and political issues. I just think that's wild. Why doesn't every single app have a question on how do you feel about abortion? Or what is your stance on reproductive rights? Right? Even though I mean, that question is leading the witness. Or that you can't filter out someone that believes climate change is not real. I personally don't understand why. I mean, I do understand why other apps don't do that. I have a theory and you let me know. Ooh, let's hear it. So my theory, and I've talked about this before, is once again, because some of these are public companies that essentially women are the product. And so the longer they can keep us on this app and basically incentivize men to keep spending money to talk to women who don't want to talk to them, then they can keep monetizing it. That essentially that the interest of women in matching and filtering their options is counter to the goal of the dating app, which is to get a large enough pool of women so that the men who overwhelmingly spend more on the app than women will keep spending. And so like part Part of our frustration, I think, is just the reality of capitalism is that sometimes the capitalist incentive is not in line with the user incentive, especially as women. Some of the major apps have been somewhat dismissive of women or that they send you people that in no way, shape or form you would ever be interested in dating and waste your time trying to swipe on them. I honestly hit rock bottom with one app and I don't mean to brag on myself, but I have a master's degree. I take care of myself. I live a pretty nice life. <laughs> and they sent me a picture of a homeless guy who lived three states away. And I was like, no. No. And at that point, I was like, and he was taking self shirtless selfies of himself in a public library bathroom. And I remember sitting there being like, this is such a waste of my time. And I, f- I felt like actually disrespected as a consumer. And the app, I'm not going to say, but it rhymes with Cinderella. But it was it's a situations like that where I think women start to feel fatigued because we're like, and I actually went through just for research purposes, because I was thinking about writing an ebook about how to navigate like dating apps, like paid for all the extra features just to see what was working and what was not. And some of the other apps, they give you a bunch more access to your likes, but it's a bunch of guys you would never actually date. And that's just a lot of labor to go through and do all of the filtering. So I think the frustration, I think the fatigue, the frustration, and like why a lot of women are feeling sort of betrayed or like annoyed by the apps is because it does start to feel on our end, like, man, are we just like the meat market? And you guys are just not paying attention to women as consumers that you can prioritize men versus like, and I've found that at least with OkCupid, the filtering options are there. So like, there's guys I know I'm never going to date, right? I know I, I won't date a guy who smokes weed, right? Like I don't smoke, et cetera. And that no judgment as people do. It's just that like, I don't smoke and I don't like an allergies, et cetera. Something like that, where I feel like I can just filter someone like that out and it's not a disrespect to them, but you just don't like waste your time or, you know, you're even things like height. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a compatibility thing though. Like you are maybe not going to be as compatible with somebody that is like, you know, smokes every day. I, that's really interesting. You should totally do that book, by the way. <laughs> 
I'll give you more insider stuff. Listen, I have a big mouth and I get in trouble for stuff, but I can, I can really understand that feeling. I can really understand the feeling. I think, and dating apps, it's interesting. Someone said, you know, working at a dating app is the nightclub and bar analogy is interesting. It's much easier to get guys. You have to really think about the women. I do think that prioritizing that female experience is how, like, listen, also say, okay, Cupid was totally irrelevant a few years ago. Like, I'm glad that you guys tried it and had a little luck, but it was hard. It was an app that people had stopped talking about. And to your point on these questions and filters, I said this once and someone's like, what are you saying? But I said, we have Trump to thank. And what I mean by that is something really interesting started happening. And it was in the lead up to the 2016 election. And that is people got political on their profiles. And they started saying, and you could feel the anger from women, you could feel the worries about reproductive rights, which by the way, is like coming true, like we were not overreacting, you could feel the trepidation, you could just you could feel it. And so we started like these really amazing data scientists. I'm like, I need you to show me what's happening with people. Like how much are the phrases like swipe left if you support Trump? This is about the important election. And it's less about like identify as this party or this, like, you know, these different, if you're not voting in local elections, please don't message me. If you are not engaged and showing up marches right now, like around Black Lives Matter, like shifted to a movement, then don't talk to me. And the increase in, in political phrases in just two years went up 4,000%. And we've been around almost 20 years. That's never happened. I also like looking and sharing data at OkCupid okay, because we've been around a long time. And we don't sell it. By the way, we're not in the ad revenue game. Like, it's, it's not how we make money. Data can be a scary word. So I, so I think this cool shift of bringing these things to life in your profile, I, people felt uncool. They felt, oh, you don't do that. And, you know, why? Why don't you feel like you can say that on your profile on Tinder or on one of these other apps. And so we just really tried to lean into it. And on the questions and filters, we add them every day. I think people are proud of their values. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. It just seems that most of the apps, from our experience, even the ones that are trying to be female first, that they deprioritize the values-based dating in favor of the like image-based dating. And I think that just, again, it could just be like time spent on the app. If you post a lot of beautiful pictures as a woman and you keep like incentivizing women to post pictures of themselves, like you'll attract men to that type of app, right? But the problem is comes when women are trying to date and filter this out. Now you have to try to match someone based on their values. And I'm not saying men don't have values too. And there's men that absolutely do. There's just like such a large pool of men that don't, that like they ruin it for a lot of people. So it's just that like, if you can't match with someone based on like how you feel about very important issues in your life, that clearly creates like a big barrier or you have to spend so much work like vetting this person to make sure they're safe. And then like, but if you meet them in person, then you have to go through a lot of like basic questions and then you're sitting at a dinner or you're talking to them on a coffee date, which we don't do, <laughs> but like some people do. And like, you're finding out a lot of things that had you known up front, like you would have never gone out with this person. Yes. And then what a waste of time. And when you are, I don't know, you're a single parent, you know, even going on the date is a feat between a babysitter or maybe your shift or whatever it may be. So yeah, don't waste your time. Because also on OkCupid, we have a match percentage. So if you're like, why are you showing me this person to you? Well, you can see it because you, it's like, oh, you're we a 92% match or a 60% match. And this woman said, oh, we're a 60, it was, I don't know, something low. And let's see why that is. And she opens his profile and the video is, you know, would you date a feminist? And he's like, no. Do you support women's right to choose? Or, you know, I forget what the exact language is. I think that abortion is murder. And she's, look, he's like, oh my God. But then she knew, 
I'm not going to waste my time on, yes, a non, I also am not a fan of the coffee date. From your lips to our ears. Yes. Because <laughs> everyone drags us for not doing the coffee dates. <laughs> no, I support the anti coffee date. That's awesome to hear. Can I just say that what I like about OkCupid is that it encourages men to just, and I guess I haven't used Hinge either, but I, I guess it has a similar function where these prompts encourage men to lay out all of their red flags all out in the open so that you don't have to waste your time. <laughs> going on a date with someone who you know would then again like i've had so many bad dates that i met on like tinder or other platforms where they're more like appearance focused and those dates end up becoming so bad that they become like comical like stories that i can tell on the podcast later kind of thing right so <laughs> yeah you do save a lot of time but i guess you know you also miss out on some of those like you know crazy bad date stories that you can laugh about later i'm fine with that <laughs> You know, listen, if yeah, if you're working on like your stand up, you will not want to overly vet your dates. Yeah, and Hinge has avoided the political social issue territory, but they do prompts that get stuff out there, you know, like embarrassing stories. Or they ask these sort of bait questions that a toxic man would put in an answer that would be a red flag to, you know, a well-trained kind of thing, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I want to say that really helps with vetting actually is the fact that OkCupid seems to have like a longer character limit, I guess, on the bios. And so when I was using OkCupid, you know, it was a red flag if a guy only had, you know, a few words in there. If it was like, oh yeah, looking for a good time or looking for to have adventures or, you know, something really short, then I'd be like, okay, this guy's obviously lazy. And then there were the other guys where they're on the opposite side of the spectrum where they would max out that character limit and write like a whole novel about themselves. And that would just be too much. And I'm like, this guy's clearly narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> A novel. Yes. And you're like, wow, what is <laughs> like a long lists about, you know, the traits that he looks for in a woman. Like oh. I found a woman with like a waist to hip ratio of this amount or I, you know, a long list. Of oh God. Get out of here with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like long list what they like. So somebody asked this question to Patreon. So is there like a spam filter function? Because they were complaining about the generic messages that Lilith's talking about where they just like list all of the things they want and just spam a bunch of women with that. Is there some mechanism with that? Yes, there is. If you're copying and pasting messages, it's very cool. If that's happening in a certain speed, then that's obviously automated will kick you off. If we, it's funny. It's like someone said, well, can't you just kick them off? Even if it's not spam, it's just lazy and boring. <laughs> but like the copy paste message, you know, maybe that's like a new product is like just really bad daters are really lazy. But you know, these guys that send, and by the way, I'm married with two little kids. I was single in New York City for 15 years. So I feel like I have fucking earned my like, I know girls, I have been there. I get it. But I'm on dating apps around the world at any, like I think right now I'm on like 24. And so you'll notice when the guy sends, you'll glance at it first, like, oh, this is like a nice, thoughtful message. He wrote like more than, hey. But then when you read it, it could have sent it to anyone. Like, hey, you seem nice. I like that smile. I thought we could get together and go for coffee. A little about me. I like travel, blah, blah. Like, And it's just so boring and says nothing. And it's probably a copy paste. If they don't say something specific about your profile or comment about something I think is lazy, I tend to say like, <laughs> don't engage. Yep. That's right on when the female dating strategy, uh, best practices tip. Yes. Good. Good. I actually had the opposite problem for a while. And I don't know why this is. And it could just be, you know, whoever I was swiping on where men would find some very small minuscule thing on my profile to send me big paragraphs of arguments. And that was weird. But I, at least I knew that they weren't just like copy and pasting because they were very specifically wanting to argue with me about things that I was very curious. And it would be so random. It would just be like my specific TV show preference. And they explained to me like why it was inferior to something else. And it was just like... <laughs> 
Oh God. Did they get that? And they probably read it on some nonsense, you know, Hey, here's what you should do. Pick a fight and make her feel inferior about her, you know, stated loves or desire, whatever on her profile. So annoying. Yeah. And I think this is before we had the double match on OkCupid too. Okay. Cause there used to just be like the single match, right? Yes. Wow. I love it. You know, the, you, you do know the product. I love it. Yeah, I was on it before and then I was on a relationship and then I was off it. And then like, I'd like recently rejoined, but yeah. So. I'm glad you rejoined. You have to tell me how things go or don't go or what you like and what you hate. And the other really great feature. So this is, I'm promising I'm not trying to give it like an okay, keep it out, but I'm just saying this because I... No, please carry on. <laughs> I'm hoping on in the ether that people like catch on to what was really useful for me because I actually moved states. So the other thing that was really great was like looking to see like what was a kind of guys are around and what kinds of things were around in the state that I was moving to. You can search by zip code a lot easier on OKCupid, which has actually been a lifesaver, especially even the like around the world feature on OKCupid. But I like that like I could actually scope out the environment I was moving into prior to me moving, which none of the other apps let you do that. It's all like based on your current location. Yeah. We'll let you do that. That's awesome. That's a great tip. It gives you an idea of the city. Yeah. I had a job that I traveled. So that was like, that was clutch because I never knew where, what I was getting into like prior to that, but going on OkCupid, I at least had like, okay, here's pic- people taking pictures in front of this monument. Or like, at least if I was talking to some guy, I could meet someone and they like, they would have, you know, discretions of certain things in their profile that was like really useful. And that was something that was unique, I think, to OkCupid. That's really cool. Uh, that's awesome here. I think that is still unique to us. And it's funny, we we're starting to see people do that to canvas to vote a little bit. And uh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting. And I also think that if you are far right, you're going to leave OkCupid pretty quickly because we send messages like, hey, in response to reproductive rights rollbacks, you can add a pro-choice badge to your profile. Every person adds pro-choice badge, we will donate a dollar to Planned Parenthood. But also it increases like your chances of having like likes. Anyway, if you're really, you know, far right, you're going to, you get turned off by that. And so it it ends up helping self-select people out of the experience that whose values and stances on issues may not align with your own or what, you know, most American women feel about certain issues. But I like that. I will make a note and give that to my head of product uh, to say, Hey, let's make sure we keep that on. Uh, good feedback. So I think we've talked a little bit about the user experience and I kind of gave an overarching discussion already about like the types of things that women want, like from a consumer product or research standpoint, like, do you ever feel like the interests are adversarial between what men want and what women want on the app? Like, do you have mechanisms in place to kind of like balance it out? Yes and no. You know, what you do see things like a guy says, I'm looking for a serious relationship and you don't have to answer this. But if you want kids, don't want kids, you can say, I'm not sure. Yes, no, definitely one day, maybe. And you can also skip it. We, we will see people that are like looking for serious, want kids, and then their behavior indicates something very, very different. It's hard to police that because some people has a good reputation and like the tech world because the, the engineering is good. And what also does happen is you have people that are incredibly introverted or incredibly shy. And it is hard to fill out that profile. And it is hard to know like what to say to people. And so sometimes that's the reality of what's going on. You know, what we try to do again is like we have this feature in the app called iCupid, but it kind of tells you, hey, here's what the data shows about your profile. And here like some things that would help increase your chances of matching whatever. So we try to arm you with data on what 
you're doing and what may work. It is hard though to say, okay, are you, you know, we've not figured out how to do explicitly a better job of like, this guy is just looking to hook up and fool around. It is a less of an issue though at OkCupid than other apps. Again, because if you're not looking for something serious and you're not engaged in like what's going on in the world, you're just not going to put up with us because we will not swipe and match without going through a certain number of steps on the profile. We will not let you do it. And that has cost us money. It's why we're not as big as other apps, but we know that gives a better experience. You know, I think what, what you point out is also fair. Like we are a business. And so we, you know, we're, we're not a nonprofit. We are a business. We are a for-profit business. We, we live in very capitalist America. However, I will say, and I, this has been my experience in OkCupid, you know, almost five years that we will make decisions that cost us money that, you know, will get you off pun intended, like get you off, get you off the app because that's the world that we live in. And it's also, there's a real benefit when people say like, Oh, I met someone, it didn't work out, but they were really great. And you know, we're still friends or I had a good experience or I felt like I could talk about my passion for sustainability. And you know, that didn't feel weird here. And so I think when you're out there, you know, how are you feeling in that experience? What's working for you? How are you finding folks? Because I'll also say this, you know, women will say men are so appearance-based and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. And that's, by the way, that's true. That's true. But then I'll say, let me just like, you know, open up your app and let me like, just pretend like I'm not here. And they will swipe as quickly as those guys will. Meaning they're not clicking into the profile. They're not taking a minute. So I will also say that women are also not giving the mindfulness and the slowdown, you know, if you're looking for a serious relationship that they maybe think they are, that they, you know, even my own friends, even my own single friends, I'm like, you are going so fast. You are making a snap decision on that guy's picture. And I know that you want people to take more time with your profile. And I know that when I read your profile and it's so funny and it's so interesting and like, Oh, I would like to make out with you. So why don't you give that, you know, give that time and that attention to other people. And by the way, that's a thing that I also tell folks if they think that they're guilty of that is like, you know, sit with your friend and don't look at the profiles, but have her read, you know, maybe she does like the first vet. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this guy's the homeless guy down the street. He wasn't even down the street. He was three States away. That's where I was like, you know what? I'm deleting this. <laughs> oh God. I have no idea. That's what was so weird about it. I was like, maybe they super swiped on me or something, but I still was like, I feel like again, as a consumer, I'd like my app to filter out things that would never, ever, ever work. Right. Like, I don't ask for much. Oh, like the guy in Kansas who is living in a van is not your speed. Yeah. It's like, how would he even get here? In his van. <laughs> you know? I don't know. But so, <laughs> driving his van. <laughs> hey, at least he has a car. <laughs> no, not in these gas prices. Not with these gas prices right now. <laughs> Sorry, but I think we're all trying to stay home. <laughs> So, okay. So with that, how do you guys measure like your success as a dating app? If you're not necessarily doing it just based on like, how do you characterize success for OkCupid and for either both the app and also the users? Yeah. So one is we call it happy delete. So if you go to delete an app, often, usually that happens, you know, you may have that conversation like, Hey, okay, are we going off the apps? Like this is going somewhere, right? We're we going off the apps. We're going to leave apps. And when you go to do that, we say, and this is maybe our most important metric. We say, Hey, Hey, before you go, could you, do you mind telling us 
you know, why you're leaving. And we four or five options. And one option is I'm over it. I'm over dating. I'm taking a break. Another option is I met somebody not on OkCupid. Another option is I met somebody on OkCupid. And then it's like, I don't want to tell you, fuck off. <laughs> and we often also know what, you know, what that means. So we call it a happy delete if it's, I met someone on OkCupid. And that's really, really, really important. It's a little tough for a dating app though. And this is one of those things that I wouldn't have thought about until I worked here is if you think about that relationship, right? So you meet someone, you went a few dates, you're probably still on the app. What a lot of people do is they'll stop using the app, but they won't delete it. And we don't know what's going on because we don't have a diary or journal. We say, oh, I, you know, we're on our seventh date or you meeting the parents or whatever it is. And then you'll come back and delete the app when it's getting to a serious, or again, you like you've had that conversation. But even that, we don't, you know, did you move in together? Did you want to get married and you got engaged? You know, it's one of those interesting things where you, you just don't always know like what happens after. But happy to lead is a, is a really important one. In the biz, in the industry, we also talk about things like two ways, four ways and contact exchanges. And those are not sexual positions. Those are a two way is if you go back and forth, he messages you, you message him back four way. It keeps going. Contact exchange is really important. That tends to be almost always is like at least a good metric because it means you're taking the conversation offline. It doesn't always mean you're going on a date, but it can mean that. At different points, we've also turned on questions like, hey, did you go on a date with so-and-so? Did you go on a date with so-and-so? And that's a little bit hard because you want to get the data. You want to know. You guys had, you know, you had a contact exchange. We want to know if you went on a date. How was the date? But then the other, the flip side also is you don't want people to feel bad. Like, no, I didn't go on the date. And now I feel worse because you asked me if I went on the date or maybe you did go on the date and the date was terrible. Like, how did it go? So it, it is this funny balance of I want to know what's happening because I want to be a better app. I want to, should we have more filters? Should we have more questions? Are we showing you people that you're potentially interested in talking to or making out with or whatever? On the other hand, you don't want to be too invasive. And we already ping you with things like, hey, you know, you know, like the notifications, push notifications, right? You go in your phone and it's often what you turn off so that whatever app is not telling you every two minutes that there's a deal on Uber Eats. Like, I get it. It's great. Thank you very much. But, you know, you want that also to stay on because if so-and-so messages you back or you have a new message or you have new likes, we want to tell you that so you can, you know, check it out. So it is a little bit difficult. Those are, you know, are people on the app? Because liquidity is a thing too. Again, liquidity is like a bit of like a, you know, a biz term. Um, It seems chemical almost, but are there people here for you to talk to? Because you should not have been shown a guy three states away. You know, are there enough people in this town? And I know Cupid is, you know, and tends to be more popular in cities. So I have actually a comment slash question about why I think I was showing this person. One of the <laughs> repeated complaints that a lot of other women of color have on there is that sometimes if you swipe on someone who's like your same race, then they'll show you everyone of that same race. And it will basically disregard all of the, of the other factors because once again, it doesn't seem like it's values more so than how a person looks. And then you'll see everyone of that same race. And so I think... I'm guessing that's what happened <laughs> because I was looking at that like, what? <laughs> so that's what I think is is the issue on that one. And like, once again, it didn't happen on OkCupid, okay, it happened on another one. That's just 
that sucks. And I'm sorry that happened. And yes, I do think it is a good thing to ask yourself, what is this app asking me in order to determine who to show to me? You don't want them to only ask location, which in your case didn't even work. Is there algorithm? Yeah, it's confusing. And I think that's part of why, I I know you're not necessarily deep into the weeds of the algorithm, but I think that's part of why so many women don't know how to use the app because they're like, I don't understand why I'm being shown the things that I'm being shown, right? Yeah, totally. I understand it's not always an exact science. What has occurred to me, and at least like how I already explained it to you, is that it just seems that they're very much trying to balance the interest between men and women on that app, especially if it's like a quote unquote meat market app like Tinder. And that sometimes women come out on the losing end of the stick where they're favoring showing you a bunch of guys you would never be with just to have first either give you more options or give them more options. And even paying for the premium features, which I did as part of my quote research, I just was bombarded with guys that I'm like, I, this would take me forever, like thousands of men, it would take me forever to go through all of this. So I think that's what it seems like for me. Yeah. It sounds like that was your experience. And it's interesting that even paying for that premium experience didn't make it easier. It, in some ways, it made it even harder because then there was so much to look at. It was overwhelming. Yeah. So with OkCupid, what I really liked was like, I don't remember it was like the either the popular stack or it was like they give you stacks of men yeah. that are like already pre-filtered, right? So what I really liked, and it was pretty low cost, I think it was like two bucks, but it was like filtered by things that I would actually be interested in, right? And that was actually way more useful for me than having, I think I paid for the premium on Bumble and as well as Tinder and just like having a bunch of guys like me. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about a good 90% of these men. So this didn't help me at all. So <laughs> that's really cool. And yes, I'm glad that you got you even know, like, yeah, the term is stack. So you go in OkCupid. And again, it's, it came out of real feedback from daters. And it was I see that I have this like endless deck of cards, again, like the stack of people to swipe left or right on. But can you just like section them again, like you walk into a bar and like, what if you could say at the bar, here's everybody that's told us they're pro choice, which is one of our stacks. This stack is organized by people that we're recommending because we think they're a good fit for you. Here's another stack that is in your area or recently online, which is also another good thing because we turn off your profile. If you don't log in, I think it's two weeks. It's around that time. If you don't log in for two weeks, we stop showing your profile to people because I don't want, if I'm single, I don't want you to show me profile people that have not been on the app recently. Like what a letdown, you know, like they're taking a break. Maybe they met someone, whatever it is, they're not engaged. So that's really good feedback to hear. I'm going to give that, I'm going to also give that to my head of product. It does like siphon them off. And again, like I like the pro-choice stack. So I, you know, I I jumped into it and I'm looking at like who's in there. And obviously you're hotter if you're for reproductive rights. And that's like, okay, I'll start here. I'll start here. Because that's the other thing too, is I think dating apps, I mean, dating is kind of scary and you feel vulnerable and then can be really overwhelming. It doesn't feel intimate. It doesn't feel like there's community there often. And so how do you like pull out those things that will make it feel like, community and it will make it feel, oh, I'm actually getting a sense of who you are. Maybe you're not for me, but I'm getting a sense of that. Or maybe, you know, maybe you are. Maybe that's, I want to like get to know you better, not on a coffee date. Okay. So I guess with this last part of the conversation, I'd like to, I think, get into your best practices, tips and tricks about how to use the apps. Like this, the stuff that um, (laughs) people ask, because yes, it seems to me that it's partially part of the user frustration with apps is like our ignorance about actually how to use it. Right. Which is part of why I was kind of inspired to try to write an ebook on it. And I don't know when that's coming out because we're kind of busy, but like the idea that like, okay, we need some kind of user education about like how to find what you're looking for in the apps in so far that it does exist. Like assuming that there are you know, if you're a average quote unquote woman who just wants a relationship with an average type man, 
there's some discussion about like, if you listen to all the incels online and sorry, we wait, we traffic in that language of like incels. Oh, I listened to the recent, even like the femcel. Yeah. Yes. I'm familiar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, okay. So one of the complaints they've had is like, I know OkCupid used to publish data, or actually I think they still do, but maybe not as frequently, but like publish the data studies. And there's a really infamous study that came out of OkCupid that showed that like, oh, 80% of the women are only attracted to 20% of the men. And they've been using that as like their Bible ever since. (laughs) So I'm like, is that, I don't know. Actually, maybe I'll ask your opinion on it because I always wonder, like, it seemed to me that it might've just been a bit of a data misinterpretation or like, if we're really at that point as a society, like, what does that say about us? If like, if truly only 80% of women are attracted to 20% of the men, I don't think that's the case. I think it just has to do with the way the app was. Yeah. Yeah, correct. It's not that way anymore. I know the blog post that you're referring to and it's before my time, but yes, I think there were a number of reasons why I think how the data was interpreted, what dating was like then. And also I think OkCupid has always been a little bit of a step ahead, but I also one of the only apps born and raised in New York City. And that does, I think you can feel that in the product, but I think the data would and does show that that's not the case now. But yes, I love giving tips and tricks because I do think it's no one has ever said to me, I've been doing this for a while now. And I talk to single people every day, all day. I love it. I genuinely like talking about this issue and I like trying to connect people. And no, no one has ever said to me, I've got it down. And so and I've been doing this five years. I've had, pro- you know, tens of thousands of conversations about dating and relationships and sex. And so here's a couple of like my favorites from like an insider perspective. One is like actually put the time in and women are like extremely guilty of this. Just like the guys, I'm really trying to find someone. And, and again, I think you guys hit on this, the why behind our views of ourselves and our views of dating and our views of men and misogyny, like why all of those things happen. It's related to that. that you know, part of what we, and I'm, I am not a sociologist or anthropologist, but I work with really amazing women who are. And by the way, we almost only work with women in that space of academia and research and anthropologists and sociologists and all the things to understand the why behind things. And how do we use the app and the technology to address it and to make it easier? But people don't put the time in. And women will say to me, I, I'm having no luck. And I'm like, okay, tell me how much time and energy you're putting into this. And like, let's talk about that for a minute. And they'll, I'll say like, you know, five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, you know, 10 minutes every other day. And they'll say, I don't know, 10 minutes a month. And I say, okay, well, that's your first problem. So one thing is like, you should put the time and energy in. Again, I have this theory that I, you know, women work out, we, we do so much to achieve all these other things in our life. And we don't always put in that time and energy. And this doesn't have, I mean, I work at a dating app. It doesn't have to be a dating app, but are you putting yourself in situations where you're going to meet someone and you're going to meet someone that you have some compatibility with? So that's one thing. Another thing is like, make sure you're on the right app for what you want. Tinder is big in like almost every city in the world, but some apps are not that popular in other cities. So it may not be the right one for you. And also, you know, are politics and social issues important to you? You know, you should get on OkCupid. We're free. But what is the right thing for you in your area is a really important thing. Here's another like insider hacky tip, which is, you know how when you are new to like a cell phone carrier is when they treat you the best. Dating apps are a little bit like that. And the data point is that 70% of daters roughly will set their profile and then never update it. And when you update your profile, even if you add like a few words, like, you know, not like self summary, like a little about me, you say like, these are the trips I'm taking this year or shows I recently binged. I will, you know, something like that. Even if you just add a few words, the algorithm lights up and like thinks you're a new user and you will be shown to more people. But also updating your profile adds this like freshness and this like, oh, this person was just here. They're clearly 
engaged. They're clearly like trying to meet somebody. We saw a lot of that when we're getting vaccinated. Also, like if you're anti-vax, you're probably not an okay Cupid because we push that shit so hard. And we're like, you're more likely to like find love and you know, whatever. And so, but it was, you know, if you saw someone like, Hey, boosted, uh, vaxxed and boosted and ready to go. I'm like, Oh, this person was here in recent. So add stuff to your profile. Here's another data point that I think is a little bit interesting. If you only get on your app once a week, do it on Sundays. Sundays are the busiest day. And that's like across every app in every category. It's really interesting. You know, why partly is because Sundays are like chill days. You are like, you know, maybe you're like nursing your hangover, you're just hanging out, but it feels also like a little less pressure, a little whatever. A lot of women will say, I don't like to be online on like a a Saturday because I don't want people to think like I'm going to, you know, meet up that night. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for like something serious. So get online on Sundays, other two other like good tips. Like if you have more than four pictures or more increases your chance of having a match on OkCupid. If you have the pro-choice badge, you're twice as likely to get matches. Again, I think that's for a variety of reasons. But those are some of my tips. I also do encourage people to slow down. And if that means you have your friend hold your phone and you don't look at the photos, but they read you a little bit of the profile and they're like, yeah, I like that or no. I do encourage people to slow down. And I also tell women, like if you come across a guy that's interesting send him a message. There are a lot of, we have a lot of people on OkCupid, a lot of men that are really lovely, kind, interesting humans. They also may be shy and a little introverted. And, you know, if you see someone interesting, drop him a line. And then my last tip, and then I'll shut up, is on that profile. This like, so OkCupid profiles are more robust than others. We want that. We want it that way. We don't want it to turn into like an Instagram where it's like, or, you know, or a Tinder where you feel like there's a few words and that's it. You know, here's what you don't want to do on the profile is don't, don't do like, just like, you know, an easygoing laid back girl looking for her partner in crime. Like it just says nothing. I don't even know. What do you even respond to? Like it just, and guys do this too, but like, please don't do that. And also what's really happening often is a guy is looking for something to ask you about. And so take the time to put that out there. And if people worry too much, like I'm not, I want to be funny, but like, like I'm trying too hard. And like, just like, you've just like, just like throw that out the window. And one way to do that, that, that tends to help people is to list what could be albums that changed my life, books that changed my life shows I binged in COVID, favorite trips ever. Like it doesn't always have to be like, oh, a French philosopher or like, you know, here's my take on liberal feminism. It could be podcasts that I could not live without. It can be a lot of things. But when you put that out there, you're increasing the chances that a guy who, because often like those great guys are a little bit shy and we don't think about that enough. But I work with like engineers. I feel like I work with so many of that type. And so you're just making a little bit easier and you're increasing the chances that they're like, oh my gosh, you also love this obscure band. I love that obscure band. Did you see them in December in Austin? You know, you're increasing the chances of that because dating apps are a little bit about like, what's the icebreaker? Like, how are you going to make it easier for somebody to reach out and say hi, which is why we have like suggested prompts or, and we're even, you know, leaning into that on the political and social side, but don't feel like you have to be like so smart and funny and clever and witty and like not trying too hard. Just like put stuff out there. You can always change it, do change it. Like, but the more you put out there, the more you're increasing the chances that guys need help. Like they do, they need help. They, they need help. So make it a little easier for them to like say something. Yeah, we noticed they need help. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually will say that <laughs> yeah. it is a good idea. When I was using online dating, one of the things that did make it a little easier for both parties was I did include, you know, 
some kind of like opening or like, you know, oh, if you message me, tell me about something like I'll basically give them like a prompt to, you know, somewhere in the profile. I really don't like the people who are like, oh, tell me the code word, which is like lemonade or something to prove that you read my profile. Like, I don't know. I don't like when people sometimes men do that too. And it just seems really like hostile and kind of jaded. I think a better way of getting the same thing of like, if you want someone to show that they've read your profile somewhere in the middle of my profile, I'll be like, if you message me, tell me about like a project that you did recently or something, uh, whatever, right? You know, give them a prompt. And then that shows that they read your profile. It also, you know, it's like invitation to approach kind of thing. And it also makes you seem more interesting and not like bitter and jaded. Yes, I like that. Or another one that I like, because I agree, and people do get really, um, yeah, you can feel how jaded and frustrated, annoyed they are. And it's like, you'll have to make sure you say this. So I know you read my profile. Yeah, it just seems so hostile. I'm like, really? Like, is that how you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't like people like that. Putting that in like, oh, you might reach out, like, tell me something you're working on or something like, tell me, even putting on your profile, like, tell me where's the best margarita in Austin or whatever, like something, you know, what's your favorite dive in town or something like that. And then, yeah, you're making it, you're helping them because they do need it. <laughs> they do. So I have one last pie in the sky question. This is a suggestion from one of our users. What do you think about dating app term limits? <laughs> because she was remarking that like... <laughs> I love it. Some of these guys need help getting the fuck off this app. And she's like, either because they're not having success. You know, she was just wondering, like, do you guys either have a mechanism in place? Or is that something you would explore helping the perpetual users on there to get off of the app? Or just like, I know actually now you do kind of, you hide their profile if they're on there with inactivity for a certain amount of time. But like starting to kind of push users who maybe are not either using the active app effectively or if they're really really <laughs> not having any success like what do you do to help them i guess is the is the question yeah <laughs> again it is hard you start to get into territory which is interesting it's hard to know right if, and then you have to actually go into like you know we've millions of daters around the world so you can't do that or you can't go into like every profile and say oh wow you're just a terrible human or you really need help so one of the things we do is like with every profile whether you pay or you're a free user we show we tell you hey here's what would help if you added one more picture you're going to increase your chances of a match by 30 percent or answer more okay cupid questions because this increases the likelihood that you and you know another person have something in common and you'll find something that you care about. We will also for daters that it's clear they're having trouble. And we know this if, if they're not having mutual matches or contact exchanges or four ways or, you know, some of those other metrics that we, we look at, we'll send them notes like, Hey, cause sometimes what happens is people have so many preferences and filters set. I, I don't have anybody that fits criteria. And by the way, women will do this either in the app or with their own list of like, I only want six feet tall. I want to go to university. I want a good car. Da, 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 da. And like, you've just eliminated like 90% of the men like that are out there. And so we will send messages and say, Hey, we think we've got some more people that you might be interested in. Would you consider increasing your distance? You know, I'm from the Midwest. So some, you know, some of my friends have had some luck doing that of saying, okay, you don't have to be within a one mile radius or a five mile radius, but you can be a little bit further in like New York city. That means like, you know, you'll be going from like Brooklyn to New Jersey. So people in New York are always like hesitant to do that, but in other parts of the world that makes sense. So we'll tell them, Hey, can you think about checking your, your preferences or settings? We think we have a few people that, you know, might be compatible with 
question with that. So I wonder if this is another area where like men's interest and women's interest might be misaligned. Cause I tend to think that like women tend to only swipe on the guys they're actually interested in, whereas men are more likely to cast a wide net, so to speak. Like, is that another situation where, okay, women makes her criteria really, really, really narrow. And then all the guys that are swiping on her are like the 90% of them are going to be like outside of what she wants. But then it's like, is it then on her to like expand it if that's not what she really wants? Or like, again, is it like against the consumer interest or like a conflicting consumer interest if like she wants to narrow it down, they want to expand it? How do you like then balance it? Is it more like you suggest to them, yeah, like expand your distance or? Yeah, no, but exactly. And that does happen. And this is probably true at all the apps that men tend to say yes more than women. And women are more explicit and narrow in what they set their preferences to. Again, like the nightclub bar analogy of like, you're always looking at your gender balance, you know, the the people that are that are straight, obviously, we look at different things for the LGBTQ daters that we support. So you might, you know, we might say, expand your for guys that are not getting as many matches, or they're not going on, it looks like they're not going on dates, we'll say, hey, try, try this, or try, you know, try this filter, but it is a little bit hard. You know, sometimes it, frankly, like when I sit with people and I'll look at their profile and I'll say, Hey, tell me what moves you. Like, what do you think is a good fit for you? I don't love the expression. Like, what are you looking for? But like, you know, version, like, what do you think is a good fit? What do you tend to be attracted to, you know, in terms of like personality and, you know, these different things. And then what they do on the app is not the same thing as what they're telling me. So I also think, and you guys have like gone into these territories of what do you think you want or attracted to? And what are you actually doing in practice? Mm-hmm. At OkCupid, we try to shorten the distance between those things, which is why we ask questions like, could you date someone that doesn't vote? And then we ask you, how important is this to you? And we give you three answers. And so our algorithm is, is truly in your hands. We even say someone important, a little important, super important. And that's how we, you know, and we'll weight that. So, you know, part of the goal and the design of how the OkCupid system works is to slow you down to think about things a little bit more. I've been married for, I don't know, nine years. I should know that right off the bat. My husband would like to know that in four seconds. Like, I don't know, four years. He's like 11. But what I've learned in my own relationship and also working with relationship experts and therapists and people that study the space is what is a fit for you also may not be something that you tick on an app or even be aware of. You know, an example is like, if you can't tell, I don't shut up. I'm a bit extroverted. I do like my quiet time my alone time, I always thought I needed someone really similar because, you know, I'm kind of out there. I'm kind of loud. I, I'm, you know, I can piss people off, blah, blah, blah. And I thought I needed that. My husband is not, he's a little more reserved. I mean, he's funny. He's Chinese. He's Australian. He's like interesting in like a different way. He's not extroverted in the way that I am. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't draw energy from that. He can be, and he, you know, and that actually makes us a really good fit because I pull him my way a little bit and he pulls me his way. And so how do you, and I think that's the next frontier for OkCupid is really using what we're learning about relationships, about compatibility, about, because there's being in a relationship and then there's being in a happy relationship, right? And those are two very different things. And what are the ingredients? What are the circumstances? What are the things at play in that happy relationship? And then how do you go to the very, very beginning and say, okay, Ro, we know that you are, you know, what it feels like is this is little about you. This is what matters to you. 
this is probably a good fit with that. You know, how do you do that? And then, you know, make the experience even more thoughtful and, and, and pull out these things that, that matter to people or that they're thinking about. And again, like keep the substance there, but, you know, think about these different, these different pieces. So I think that's one of the next interesting spaces that like, you know, we'll keep digging into. That's really interesting. I don't think it occurred to me before that, yeah, there could be a massive gap between what you do on the app and then like what you actually in your heart of hearts either want or need. And and yeah, that's a lifetime journey. (laughs) I could see how that would be really difficult from like a data collection perspective. So yeah, thanks for that insight. This was a really, really helpful conversation. I hope we adequately asked and you gave great answers uh, to all of the questions we had from our Patreon members. So thanks for everyone who participates in our Patreon. This And this came from our Patreon Discord. So if you want to join that, that's on patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. And you can also ask us questions for uh, future guests or future episodes. Before we wrap, did you guys have any more comments, Lilith or Savannah? And then I'll go into her role. No, this has been a great interview. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, truly. Thank you guys so much for having me. And thanks for letting me whack poetic about some of this. It's really interesting. And you guys have you have such an important and interesting perspective. I, I would love to talk to you like offline about, oh, tell me more. What are your thoughts on this? For sure. So I really, I'd love to keep in touch and come back to talk about anything or be grilled or, <laughs> you know, pick your all brains. We actually have quite a few tech savvy users. So I would love at some point to talk to like an actual algorithm person because I think they would just go nuts because they love all the techie stuff. Yeah, let's do that. I think that'd be super interesting. So thank you so much for having me. I, it, it, I really, really appreciate it. That's our show. Join us at www.thefemaledatingstrategy.com as well as our Twitter at fem.strat and our Instagram account at underscore the female dating strategy. All right. Thanks for listening, Queens. And for all you immediate swipe lefts out there, die mad. See you next week. <laughs> Bye.